And welcome to another edition of Calling the Audible. This is going to be a different edition. It's more of the uh, Tinder version, as we're going to swipe left or right with all these divisions here, as we're now in the final days of the winter season. Mo, and you keep with... saying that. When was the last time you actually used Tinder? Uh, you know what? I have not used it. I, 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 I was on it for like three days. I got annoyed by it. I was like, nah, can't do it. So it's I've no never done about the uh, the swipe left, swipe right. It's about the super likes. It's about the paid subscription so you're not maxed out. It's about <laughs> the group dates with your friends. It's with all the premium features because they realized if you give away love, then what's love got to do with it? Exactly. Tina Turner at its finest. Uh, that is the voice of a, of a sober eagle who was in the UK in Amsterdam uh, drinking his head off, uh, apparently working. That's why we didn't have a show last week. But Pease yeah. is here well, as well. The there was like nobody available last week at yeah. all. <laughs> not, not, even, not even Ray Starwart could have done the show for us, right? No, so, no. The, so, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was rough. It was rough finding talent for sure. No, no question. But again, we're going we're gonna to do a quick episode today uh, to preview the games on Tuesday. And then we'll have a proper... Oh, speaking of pre-show meetings. Yes. Um, should, can we do this week's show on Thursday? Yeah, sure. No problem. Yep, sure. Whatever you want. Nice. Be sure meeting completed. Uh, we got to let the, the writers know, though. Huh? We got to let them know, hey, we're going to... Yeah, we'll, we'll organize that. I'll put yeah. you on that, and I'll organize the uh, the play-by-play. Uh, thanks. And, uh, uh, I'll take the bullets for you on that there, uh, Peace. <laughs> no, right, so, I mean, it's fine. I just can't do everything, Mokan. Of course. Of course. So CTA will be Thursday um, for the championship edition, but we're going to preview the games on Tuesday as we'll have all the participants punching their tickets to Roadshow Weekend uh, coming up this weekend, and we will have everything wall-to-wall coverage. But before we get to that, though, please, let's just quickly go over the teams that are in, you know, for the 60s and 60s, the co-ads, the whole nine. Uh, what do you want to start? Divisions. Sorry? What do you want to start? We'll go with Div 6. How about that? We'll go in your dojo. Uh, your thoughts Div, Div on Div 6 what we doesn't have. have any games t- tomorrow. I know, no, but, but in I- terms of Who's now in the finals? A quick Eagle, pay attention, man. We we'll we'll about do that this. on Thursday. We'll do that on Thursday. No, we're we're going to reflect on. Recap. See, what we're going to do, we're, we're, we're going to be very clever. What the audience won't realize is we're not yet talking about the finals. We're going to reflect on like games that just happened. Exactly. Last quick synopsis. Like on Tuesday, for example, uh, what, you know, Wild Hogs, uh, they fought against Primetime. We talked about how much better Wild Hogs had been under uh, under Jason Armenti, and then he had a three interception game um, against again a tough primetime defense. They they called themselves the best defense in the, in the division. Uh, they called their shot halfway through the season, and Matthew Cadigan, Carthy Cotton, and Alessio Murrow uh, all with the interceptions. One of them for six. So literally the the difference in the game was um, that pick six and. Uh, it's cool. We have, uh, you know, we have them advancing to the finals. Um, you know, we'll talk more about the narratives as we said on Thursday, but we have yeah. sort of like a, an up and comer against a team full of, uh, FPF stars and MFL and MFL top talent. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about that game come Thursday. See Eagle, that's how you do it. That's yeah, a team. Exactly. You know, and find out why PZ thinks one team will be the other team on Thursday's show. Also, my article is coming up before the show. Exactly, exactly. So find out that. <laughs> but I, you know what? I'll say I'll say the opposite on the show. I'll I'll write one thing and I'll say the opposite because 
why be consistent when you don't have to be? Quickly here, Pease. Um, disappointed by FKU come up really short against Thunder Buddies. Do you think they would no. have put up more of bites? The, the FKU is a really good team. Uh, Thunder Buddies are a, a team that registered for a division they knew they were too good for. <laughs> uh, and that's that's what it comes down to. Is yeah. Like, they have they have a Division two caliber receiver in William Power. They have top-end talent like Carano Johnson um, on on, uh, on Thunder Buddies who came in unranked. Um, and the best rusher in the division, Terry Babalis. Um, so, like, <laughs> like, we have a guy who's likely going to the Hall of Fame as a rusher, playing rusher. Sure, he's new at the quarterback position, but he understands the game well enough to be successful. And then, like, just a ridiculous amount of talent uh, because of a lot of the unrated players as well as the ability to afford a top-end talent like Will Power uh, because, right. because of that. Like, it's not – they didn't do anything wrong. They're not they're not div-dodging or anything. It's Terry Babbles' first time as a full-time QB. But at the same time, like, we all knew they were the, the class of the division coming into, the, coming into the season. So, essentially, they're division Dodger false kings. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Sixty. We got Killer Rays, Maccabees. Um, was this a, a matchup you thought was in the cards for it to happen? As we'll see on Sunday at six p.m. Well, six D proved to be kind of difficult to predict, um, somewhat. And uh, Maccabees they keep doing that thing where they they throughout the playoffs were playing these close games, but as the playoffs went on, they, they looked more and more decisive. Um, now <clears throat> they got here largely on the backs of their defense. Uh, we see the four interceptions, um, and their game, uh, the, the pick six going to, uh, Jordy Melnick, who also recorded three sacks in this game, um, you know, against Eagles, Cavalier, the Rohan, um, really tough, tough outing, uh, for, for Cavalier. I thought, I thought, um, this game could have been a little bit closer. I thought either way it favored Maccabees because I didn't think Cavalier de Rohan had the, the firepower to pull away. Um, right. So Maccabees proving to be a better offensive team uh, come playoff time, scoring 28 points, sorry, 25 points the previous round um, and scoring uh, 33 points in the semifinals. And Killer Rays, look, they play... <laughs> somewhat of a, a low percentage uh, offense. They take a lot of deep shots. Um, Tyler Bianchi had um, six touchdowns, Mo, mm-hmm. and that was on only 11 completions. And that's one, what they do. They, they one TD the for two passes. Sorry, Mo? One TD for two completions. Yeah, and, and I I um, I kind of I like the way Big Fat Bats were looking in the, in the playoffs. Uh, I'm a fan of the Zepatelli brothers. Luca Lecceze is a great rusher. He had a sack in this game, but um, the the high powered offense just proved to be too much for big fat bats. Also, since we're talking about recaps, can we talk about how the underdog won all the quarterfinal games? Like that's I don't has that ever happened? Uh, in, uh, F- yeah. in, uh, all the away teams won in the quarterfinals. Oh, in the quarterfinals. And, and and what's wild is the way that that six D was seeded, right? Um, was that we had sort of the middle teams sort of competing, and it's why it was it was so unpredictable because um, we 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 didn't know like the teams are grouped closer together, right? It wasn't the top end talent of Division Six, and it wasn't the the bottom feeders, so to speak. So in a way, like 
the, the Division 6D championship is a, is a hell of a road to go, to go through. And you see Cavalier de Rohan won their game by two points. Killer Ray was won by a point in the quarterfinals. <coughs> the other two games, not as competitive, but also not blowouts in their own right. Right. So, uh, yeah, on, it's cool. On to Div 2. We'll talk more about it on Thursday's episode. Uh, Div 2, we have our finals. It's going to be KGP Terror Squad. That will be a Sunday 9 p.m. start. Um, KGP just got to go to they just got to go to uh, to Div Div One now, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things, P's, where you give them five plays, they beat you. And again, against Party Crashers, it came down to the reverse, where Fred Dupuis had a chance to tie it up and maybe win it on an extra point attempt, but got sacked uh, on the last play. And I just well, we thought, said, no, we said all season long, Mo, that it's it's Wilfred we make the mistake, the mistake that cost his team, right? That's that's the, the one thing. And he was great all season long. He he didn't do it all season long. He was he was doing that thing where, um, you know, um, he he was controlling the game and not making the big mistake. And and the the, the season literally came down to that. And it's it's heartbreaking yeah. for him because I was happy. I was happy to see him sort of put that. Spin a narrative on its head, right? And uh, it was a, a no go, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I just thought that they they had they had the narrative in their hands, and it, and watching that play because Julian Pemal was a monster in that football game for KGP. Okay. Um, it's that he, he what he what happened was Pemal was rushing him, and as he got literally close enough to grab his flag. Fred tried to do a little hip move, right, to kind of buy himself time and, and make Paymon whiff one way and he goes the other way. But Paymon didn't bite and, and got the sack, and, and so he never had a chance to throw the ball in the end zone. Yeah. And you think about KGP, I mean, that's now back-to-back games where they've won essentially in the last play, and here they are in the finals taking on Terror Squad. Who Sorry, I no, thought, no. Well, they're, not, not, they're not here again. They're not, now they're here in the finals. Now they're here in the finals again. Yeah, another year of them in the finals this is again. Their fourth straight finals appearance. It's crazy. It's 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 nuts. But but think about that. The the margin of of of, of error was razor sharp with them because mm-hmm. they could have lost the apocalypse, could have lost the party yeah. crashers, right? And and now they get Terror Squad, who had a relatively easy game where they weren't really threatened by Urjos Medek, who were in a trail the entire time and came up second best in this game. But I think, please, we, we got the two best teams in this division playing each other on Sunday night. Agreed. Agreed. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, to see that play out. Uh, other divisions that we can uh, confirm that uh, Div 3, we have our finals as well. Uh, quickly here, please, what do you think about the finals that we have as I try to buy myself time opening up the page of what I want to bring up exactly with, uh, of course, Junkly, our dogs taking on um, the Finding Heroprasad's in the finals on Sunday? Um, well, so we kept saying that on one side of the bracket, the best two teams were blessed than Sheesh. Right. And although Sheesh didn't quite look um, themselves with regular season, great playoff run, and, and ends at the hand of uh, blessed like it did, like it did um, last season, right? So yeah, <clears throat> that game, uh, Stephen Harper saw did the Stephen Harper saw thing. Andrew Lambert makes the one mistake. He throws the interception to Will Power. Um, Terry Babalus, we just talked about him as a rusher. We, we, talked, we talked about rushers so far, Mo. Um, as a former uh, rusher yourself, yeah. when, when, when we see what Terry Babalus and Julian Payman are doing at the rusher positions, 
Um, those are the next two to go into the Hall of Fame in FPF, right? Like, it's Kirillak, no. it's Aridi, <laughs> and then it's those two. If I guarantee you, I'll give you six to one odds. If we both say that the Babylon Club is not Hall of Fame worthy, they'll come up to one of us at some point on the weekend and say, "What is it that I'm not doing well to not like, be in the Hall of Fame?" I mean, he's you know? not—he's not yet because of time served, right? Like he doesn't exactly, have the seasons, exactly. but the trajectory is there. It's like um, I time heard, served. I heard, what is this prison? Yes, you <laughs> <laughs> need to play ten seasons. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I heard I heard this week more that Giannis Antetokounmpo is like an eighty-seven percent chance of making the Hall of Fame, like if you like based on his trajectory right now, and that's kind of the thing with with Terry Babalus is that given what the stats he's put up as a rusher already and up to and including right now Division Three, yeah, he's absolutely on track in my mind. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. I agree with you on that. But you know what? Um, I just I just thought Langbert had a tough first half. They were down two scores, and and the thing was, you know, it's funny. I know you hate playing outdoors because of the wind, the ecosystem elements that come into play. But they they were it was weird. They just had a slow start, couldn't fly off the gates. And in hindsight, uh, Bless should have been up by three scores by half, but couldn't get that third score lead on them, and kept um, kept Sheesh alive in that football game. Well, Stephen Harper. Stephen Harper's I came from MFL. MFL started as a uniquely outdoor league, right? So right. he definitely has more experience throwing outdoors than, than Andrew Langford does. Right. Um, but he was dressed like them... it was like minus 20 and it was like middle middle of January. <laughs> yeah, no, but still, it's, you know, if there's a bit of a breeze um, and also the sight lines are different outdoors. So uh, just for the sight lines reason, that gives Harper sod yeah. an advantage. I don't know if it was particularly windy that demo, but like, oh, it was. Uh, it was. I know for a guy like me, if there's any wind, it's it's really it's really tough. And neither of these guys are guys who have a, a rocket arm. They got good arms, but they're not. Um, they're not Kevin Wyatt throwing out there either. So yeah, um, it's they're guys who kind of use their system and use their intelligence. And um, doing that outdoors when you have to also fight the elements is a little bit more difficult. And the edge went to the guy who who has more more miles more miles out outdoors more more miles in the mud you know yeah and, and the winds had an impact with Jordan Panetta and their loss to Junkyard Dogs he he just had a bad game couldn't connect uh, see that's shocking to me because Panetta can can rifle that ball yeah um, it's, I don't think I don't think they ever adapted to to, to the outdoor elements so he just never looked comfortable and he he overshot a lot of throws. Uh, too much depth, too much meat on the passes, uh, lacked a lot of purchase in what he was trying to do out there. And this was a, I, I thought this was a perfect JYD game. I mean, the name was synonymous to what the elements were outdoors, that 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 feeling of, okay, you know what, we're going to have to really grind it out. And that's what they did. And, and it's going to be fascinating. We'll talk more about it on Thursday. But this Junkyard Dog team, we, we questioned them at times here, Pease. But now here they are in the finals with probably the bodies physically to match up the blessed squad with what they have from a height weight standpoint on the opposite side of the football. Yeah, absolutely. And we said that the, from the opposite side of the bracket, one of the teams that we thought would give uh, um, bless the, the best run at a, at a championship was going to be junkyard dogs, especially right. after the current police injury. Uh, we knew it had to be a team with um, just a lot of depth, a lot of size, a lot of speed and the quarter top tier quarterback play, um, and that's exactly what um, what junkyard dogs have. You know, Jason Rossi, um, 
being a top tier quarterback um, and, and managing, managing the game. And I don't even mean that in the slide, like, like I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Um, right. Jason Rossi was just more consistent inside than, than, than Jordan Panetta um, came back, took the lead at halftime, um, used the size of Paul Pierre. Uh, Paul Pierre scores those two touchdowns. Um, and then defensively, you know, Yves Desjardins and Hinsley Adams having their impact as well. So right. it's it's a team top to bottom that that is well built, and we saw them uh, gain in that advantage. Mo, I'm I'm uh, apologizing to our audience because my voice is dying. I've been sick for three days, so hopefully um, I'm not too annoying to listen to uh, on this version of the podcast. No, not any more than usual, anyways. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry about. Thank that. God. Uh, uh, quickly here, please, let's go to co-ed here and we'll start previewing the other divisions here. Uh, are you more surprised by the fact that Power Rangers crushed Bishop Sycamore 45-6 or that Easy Fun pulled off the smasher grab against Party Mix to get to the finals? I'll tell you what, I'm not surprised by Easy Fun because of the development of Jeremy White. That's been the narrative we've talked about all season long. Um, Easy Fun has been scoring at a rate that we've been familiar with, with EZW, right? Um, And Jeremy White was pretty much perfect in this game. Um, He he does that thing where he buys time um, in in the pocket, and um, Melu Cotinoel is an incredible rusher, but um, the height of Jeremy White could uh, give her some problems, and his ability to buy some extra time as much as she can contain him uh, would still make it a difficult matchup. Um, that said, uh, Party Mix uh, was missing uh, a few players, Alexi Gomo, uh, most na- most notably. Um, so they the way uh, Party Mix is structured is they play more of their women on offense and right. uh, more of their men. They go with four men on off- on defense, and and they couldn't. And so it was it was Francis Laurie sort of doing a lot of coaching during the game as well, um, and and. During the playoffs, it's not a recipe for success, right? So, no. um, you know, shout out to people uh, like Abigail Perrault and and uh, Emily uh, Fifi Badou. But the thing is, is that they they had a lot more to deal with than than anticipated in, right. in this game. Um, so, not surprised by that confluence of events, uh, but I'm kind of surprised by the Bishop Sycamore loss. And and this is, I guess, just the experience and and. Um, not only experience in terms of, yes, Power Rangers are a team that's been to the finals before, but experience in that uh, Bishop Sycamore are a team that uh, have not been quarterbacked by Sarah Parker for the entire season. So yeah. um, when you have a quarterback coming in, especially a, a system-based quarterback like Sarah Parker, especially when you get down, if people try to go the extra mile to make the extra play, often they're not in the right place. They're interfering with other routes. Um, and things just don't seem to go right. It just just seemed to get away from them early, and then uh, it just never got better. Uh, Jasmine Farmer had a great game, uh, as did with with Shawcross, um, and Tam Villadeth was just as as precise as usual. And he could be going for a double championship uh, this weekend as well. Well, that's uh, it. So like, he... like they have they have the advantage of having a Division two quarterback, right? So I mean, yeah, that's, essentially. That's, that's good even a one quarterback, right? With yeah. the way he's been playing. Uh, tier two, uh, just quickly here, piece, and we'll get ready for the preview here. Uh, kiss my hands. I like how you tell me quickly every time. 
Like I know, I know it's I know. quick. Though. It's, I know, it's we gotta a, be quick here. Uh, we gotta be bing bang boom. Hell, it's off. a hell of a transition crutch you got though. Yeah, no, we it's, tip it's off because he's done four. too many shows with Iggy this season, so he's trying to make sure <laughs> yeah. just in case. It's like PTSD I have right now. You know, they, they, we, we, well, it's we a wasted word with Iggy. He doesn't know what it means. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, Kiss Man's own Fit Squad. They are in the finals on Sunday at 4 p.m. Um, I think we have the right matchup for Coed too. Yeah, they're the best two teams. Fit Squad has given Kiss Manzo some fits. Uh, like I, uh, I like that. Game. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. See what I did? Huh? Yeah, I like, huh? that. I like that. And play awards over there. Um, you know, Kiss Manzo. Like I played with them last season, and I'm, I'm proud of uh, Alexis Zubois and Erica Zubois and Iggy. Uh, you know, um, they added James Drysdale, which was a huge piece. Uh, Dave DeAndre has sort of. We ha- we've had the best version of him more often than we've had the the version of him that makes those that makes too many mistakes. Um, and and a pick six by Alex Arash in this game. Alex Arash, he's one of those guys who he got added to even the Tropic Thunder team in Division Six. Yeah, his mind is such a great addition. Um, when I played against his team last spring in the Rock, I was amazed by how well and how many adjustments they made. Uh, in the second half, it was a completely different defense that I had seen the first half, and even up to Division Four, I hadn't seen teams make uh, that many adjustments. To ha- so to have that kind of mind in your huddle and a, and a team that's already well, really disciplined and already really intelligent, uh, you know, I can see how that could have made it difficult for Manuel Casillasan, who's not a natural quarterback and not a, a somebody who's got a ton of experience playing quarterback um, at this level in in, uh, in FPF. And he almost beat the Montreal's finest as a quarterback way back in the day. Yeah, so, but so. you know it's also different when you don't have the that caliber of, of players. No, of uh, on, your, on your roster as well, right? It's not this isn't Division One, so you can't just get by on your athleticism. And um, for the squad uh, beat Yin and Yang. I thought I thought Yin and Yang was a good matchup for them. Uh, it proved to be the case as, as it was a one score game, um, and Rob White. Um, from hit, the point he had stepped in to play quarterback for Yin Yang, they, they looked better uh, with him behind the helm. Or I guess there's no helms in FPF. Behind the skull skin. Forehead. <laughs> behind <laughs> the forehead skin of Robert White. Uh, he, they, they looked all right. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, he spread the ball around. Lorient Lapointe had, had a great game, as did Justin Weir. But in the end, it was just the inability... Uh, to, to, to score and uh, Felix Goulet on the other hand was just more consistent and Felix Goulet is a really really good quarterback uh, we've talked about him of course uh, when he came in to throw for Golden Eagles in Division 4 uh, he's, he's really good so um, we'll talk about uh, what they're going to look like on Thursday uh, heading into the finals game because it's, it's the finals we all want to see yeah no for sure and that'll be Sunday uh, as well, 4 p.m. Uh, for that finals. Okay, so on to Div 1. Uh, we finally have our first Div 1 games as we're about week three, week four until the playoff uh, world of ours. And the opening game that we'll have on Tuesday at Loyola is a rematch from week back in week, week nine. It's All-Stars Gryffindor. Now, there's a history with these two teams here, Pease. Uh, if you go back to last fall, um, under the contraband nickname, uh, mm-hmm. if you remember, the All-Stars went up and it looked like they were going to win the football game and controversy ensued. And next thing you know, 
Gryffindor, the old contraband, went on a smash and grab. And now we have a rematch of that game here. And let's not forget, Pease, right? Paul Lapierre, the whole chain gate with him and Crazy Gordon Mall. So there's no love loss with these two teams going at it on Tuesday night here. So what's a key point for you in this matchup that you want to see uh, unfold between these two titans that we'll have? I think it's interesting that they, there hasn't been a Division One playoff game yet. For some reason, I specifically see Dan Lazara having to put his sunglasses away and wash off the sunscreen uh, as we've had an unseasonably warm spring. Um, but yeah, he said though, Pease. He, sorry, Pease. He said quickly here because he was at uh, Loyola last uh, week for the Div, two, Div Three playoffs. He said, "Me, bro, if it's gonna be cold like this, we're gonna forfeit. I'm not playing cold." <laughs> yeah, I told you the guy. He's not meant for cold, man. It is what no, it is. I know my people. Um, but the thing is, is, uh, is you know, this game, this game is being played outdoors, and I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes because obviously Daniel Zara, being uh, a, a tackle quarterback of of high repute, has played outdoors, but it's different from having played uh, tackle, touch, that kind of, st- uh, sorry, uh, flag and touch and that kind of stuff, and that's where where Kevin Wyeth has signed, right? And Although Kevin Wyeth, he would tell you himself, he 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 didn't have the impact outdoors the same way he did in in in, in FPF. Um, I think that that uh, seasoning matters, so to speak. Um, yeah, seasoning. Why not? Um, sure. Some some of us took the smoker out for the weekend, Mo. Um, and and I think that's going to play a role. Uh, I don't think that the preseason like the the controversy heading into the game is going to be on their minds so much just because uh these two teams are already really familiar. Uh, i think it is no, uh, I think uh, just to, it's, it's, they're already guys, familiar but... with each other they like it's not like it they're they're new to each other and like who's that guy who talks shit to me like, like they all know they yeah. all know what's up they all know who this is it's a small knit community um i think the the focus can be on the task at hand um and the last time they did play, it was the last game of the season where, where uh, sorry, it wasn't the last game of the season. It was, it was late in the season where All-Stars, um, All-Stars, you know, won a, a single score, uh, a, 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 won by, by a single score, right? So yeah, um, it's going to be close. I, I expect the same kind of thing. Uh, but in terms of in terms of the actual keys, it's, it's to me whether or not uh, they can force, uh, All-Stars can force Dan Lazaro to make a mistake. Because yeah. I think, I think that he's more likely to make a mistake than Kevin Wyeth. And right. um, if Kevin Wyeth does gets an extra possession, I don't, I don't see how All Stars can lose the game. Yeah, I think it's going to be crazy Gordon Mall and his play calling defense and what he will uh, have as schemes against this All Star team. Because it, not that that they're a step behind, but it felt like from a chess matchup, Kevin Wyeth has outfoxed crazy Gordon Mall in the play calling. And can he get that one play call? Talk about that one possession, right, Pease? Could yeah. he get that one possession in favor for Gryffindor as the hammer and give Lazara that golden opportunity to, okay, here's that INT, go hit it for six so we can control the narrative going towards whatever point of that football game. So I think I'm crazy just- Gordon Miles will be, will be the guy to watch out for for what he calls. And if Wyatt can pick up, because there was trends that Wyatt had where – he knew before the snap that, hey, they're running this scheme. I'm going to run slats for my wideouts. And, and he hit the, the slant wideout numerous times the last time they played each other. So I'll be curious to see what, what they do for adjustments. Uh, they're like, it's they've interesting because 
Go ahead, Mo. Sorry. No, uh, we're we're, we're remote today, so the timing is yeah. Not what it is. It's a Monday. They had a lot of time to consider and reconfigure their defense. So let's see what Quasi Gordon Mall has in his bag of tricks and trying to stymie the Wizard and Kevin Wyeth. So it's it's um, NBA playoff season right now, and Div One kind of the, the adjustments you have to make on on defense kind of remind me of the NBA, where yes. Zone does get played from time to time, uh, but oftentimes it comes down to man-to-man matchups like it does in Div 1. And But within that, there's there's different ways to apply man-to-man, right? In terms of yeah. how you're going to – whether you're going to switch, whether you're going to state your man, whether you're going to go uh, – who's going over, who's going under. Um, and and I think if they, if they saw that happening, if they can run some switching or, or having – uh, defenders break underneath those in-breaking routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go for broke, right? You you, you need to create. Uh, you need to call plays that can create opportunities for your defense. Because if you're just waiting for Kevin Wyatt to throw you the ball, uh, if you're a defense, you'll, you'll be waiting for the rest of eternity, and and it won't happen. So, right. um, I'm curious to see how uh, they adapt in that way, with specifically when they're in their man-to-man sets. How it is that. Um, they're going to match up um, and how they're going to apply man to man in this um, in this in this game. Yeah, I'll be curious quickly before going to the Braves um, uh, five more sack. I'll be curious to see what type of roster Gryffindor hats. You know, yeah. they were very lean at times. So will everyone be there? I hope so, because it'll be fun to see that because both guys will miss team players. Don Mano will not be there for Gryffindor. And Emmanuel Crefella will not be there for, for All-Stars because both are with the Alouettes as we speak in training camp. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's the great equalizer, but I think Crefella and Emmanuel both bring strengths to their teams that will be missed. Oh, so, so, who, so who is hurt most by that? Which team is yeah. hurt most by that? But I think I think Lazar is hurt a, a little bit more because Emmanuel's a snapper, right? So who takes that mm-hmm. snapper role? So are you weakening a position – by moving someone inside the snapper than them being a natural slot or wideout of whatever they are positioned for that Lazaro offense. So I'll be curious to see who does snap the ball for Gryffindor tomorrow night. Can I just yeah, say, like, sure. missing your FPF Division One semifinal game for Alouette training camp? I mean, what is this? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean... Like, it's, it's the, the CFL. To, like Come we on, to... this is FPF. Yeah, Priorities. it's like, you know, we went to London and, and Amsterdam getting, uh, you know, bleeped up drinking the finest yeah, liquor. Yeah, that's a good reason. That, that's, a, that, that's a responsible reason. Also, <laughs> we're doing a show. Yeah. And Nothing so, was missed. I know. It's true. It's true. <laughs> we're working in a holiday. Where's, where's my time and a half? Exactly. It's not, it's not a holiday in Quebec, though. Not a full holiday in Quebec. Yeah, All right, this um, is. No, because yeah, retail's still open. Retail is not closed uh, on... No, grocery stores and banks are closed. No, stores are not closed. Grocery retail is open. Retail's open. I went open to the grocery store today. It was closed. So no, it was the hardware store. Dude, I was there at the grocery store today. Like, it said 8 to 9, uh, Victoria Day. All right, right after open. this, you guys have to post on your Instagram a, a photo of a grocery store. Go. I, I was will. just there. I, can show the bill. Night night I bought bananas this morning. Why are you buying bananas for Mo, huh? Uh, for my protein shake. All right. Uh, Braves, five more sack. First one to 65 wins. I think that's going to be the case with yeah. these two teams. Defense is stupid. There's no point in playing defense. Like, really, you can take no. away the defense and just score touchdowns. Exactly. Exactly. And this, this, these are the perfect two teams to do it. Um, five more sack, again, to me, they're, they're just the most fun FPF can be, right? 
It's it's uh, Alexander Pugh's just he plays with absolute joy, and it's not just his demeanor; it's the style of play too. It's always looking for for the game breaking play, always looking to score, um, looking to create opportunities downfield. Um, it's what he does. It's uh, it's it's great. Uh, there were some questions as to whether or not uh, you know you can win that way playing in Division One, and he proved to us last winter you can, right? And then yeah. on the other end, you have the Braves who have become they sort of uh, dethroned Montreal's finest or All Stars as like FPF's top team, right? As the as the top dog, and um, it's it's interesting definitely from that that perspective. Um, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how that all shakes out. I, I know Braves sort of have a bitter taste in their mouth from not uh, taking home a winter championship last year. So we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. Well, actually, we, we haven't had a winter champion since 2019, and that is yeah. Flymore Stack, the reigning three-year champion. That's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. Steve Martin, also a prop comic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I look at these two teams, and for Braves, it wasn't a pristine season. Uh, they had some weird losses this year where – we all thought we, we thought this matchup would have been a finals matchup, not not a semifinal yeah. matchup. And all for this, yeah. It, so like, is it just boredom from the Braves? Yeah, I, I just think perhaps, but you know, it, maybe they're just challenging themselves. Like, hey, let's let's be a three seed. Let's see what happens, right? And, yeah. and go from there. Maybe we make the finals and, and win as a three. But you know, look, the, they're a team to be reckoned with. I mean, they're 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 not to be reckoned with because they're they're so good. That Joe Mayo is is a money quarterback, and and his confidence that he has, the bravado that he has, I love, and and these two quarterbacks that we'll see on display for their semifinal game, I I wonder if there'll be more ints or more incompletions in this football game. You know, like both these quarterbacks are going to be near perfect, and it yeah. might come down to peas. Um, that one stop that could be the difference in why the Braves or Flagmore sack. Are going to be in the in the finals on Sunday, and who can come up with that big play on defense? That's going to be the key, I think, on on Tuesday night with these two teams going at it. What's interesting is uh, all season long, like you talked about, how Braves haven't looked themselves. Joe Mayer is a single game where he completed under sixty percent of his passes all season long. Right, like the efficiency is still there. It seems like on defense they're not entirely clicking um, yeah. as. They've they've given up more points than I think any any of us anticipated. We thought um, kind of what the Braves have done is similar but opposite to uh, Flying Westack in a way is that uh, they've created extra possessions and and Joe Mayo's efficiency makes it impossible to keep up with. Um, and so they they haven't really had that advantage this season. Yeah, and it makes it to me one of the most interesting Division One playoffs we've had in a long time. There's not. Two absolute front runners, right? Like it's not no. days of, of Montreal's finest and D boys. This is going to be um, something totally un- unexpected, I believe. FYI, we, we got to make sure that if Gryffindor do qualify for the finals, you know, Dallas Zara is on schedule to do the Div Three final and the Div One. Important note: because of uh, broadcasting personnel that might be playing in these games. Some of your games may be moved uh, up an hour or down an hour. Yeah, uh, we'll keep everyone posted as we as we move forward. Uh, also, Iggy had some uh, news he wanted us to share, of which yes. I'm not looking at. So yeah, 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 we'll we'll do that at the end. Okay, okay. Uh, let's go to four A and four B. 
Uh, starting with the four A's. Um, in the quarterfinals, I, I score kept all the quarterfinal games for four A four A here, uh, except for the top season small drawing game here. But KCP Raw, uh, they ran into a buzzsaw and blackouts who I thought were tenacious on defense and made things uh, very confusing for uh, for our man Ryan Garber. I thought in the Mongoose Stokes game, uh, Stokes just couldn't. They had chances, piece, but just couldn't cash in yeah. uh, to keep up with Mongoose. And for Brotherhood Takeover, I, I give full props to Takeover because they really neutralized Quasi Gordon Mall as a passer. And, you know, Eagle, who's been on the uh, Quasi Gordon Mall anti bandwagon of what he is, couldn't come up with a big play. And at the end of the day, uh, we have a pretty good semifinal battles here with Small Giants, Blackouts, and Mongoose to take I mean, over. It came down to a convert, though. So it wasn't the thing Eagle's saying. No, they come out to convert. They come out to convert. Came out to a touchdown play, like. Uh, well, but it came down to a convert because they lost 27-26. If he just converts more, then they win the game. Well, in that game, they were they were down by a couple of scores. Yeah, and and they came up with a with a hail mary at the end of the first half, and that kind of gave them momentum. But look, they they were missing Nick uh, Snack uh, Altador. They were missing one of the Majid brothers in, in Saad. And the office did not look in rhythm, watched them play. Rahman Khan had a strong game for them. But they were missing key pieces from both sides of the football. And full props to take over because they were not going to be afraid of the speed that Brotherhood has and really control that football game. And they fully deserve to be in the Final Four uh, that they'll play on Tuesday outdoors. Takeover's been interesting because um, – we thought they were one of the best teams heading into the season, right? Into in four yeah. A, uh, we thought that um, Will Power and Vincent Benjamin would be a problem, and they were in this game. They had sixteen catches for uh, you know one hundred and fifty or so yards, four, four touchdowns, and like that's they still have really good, uh, really good sort of additional pieces, supplementary pieces under offense as well, and then. Uh, on defense as well, again, you got to deal with 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 those two big bodies uh, in, in Will Power and Vincent Benjamin. Will Power came down with the the, the interception, um, you know, and, and Ian Eniber, he threw he threw a pick too. But uh, what it comes down to again, yes, I know they started slow and I know they couldn't get that touchdown to end the game, but you know, it just Ian Eniber being more effective on converts, and and that tells a, the long story of the game. I understand specific moments. Uh, went differently for the Brotherhood, but it's just to me, it's it's the efficiency that we expected from Takeover finally, finally showing uh, showing up and at, at the at most important time of the season. I'll say this before we get to the preview of these two games here. Uh, Einheber used the slants from the wideouts and hit them. Vincent Benjamin had a massive game, and who's calling defense for Brotherhood that we talked about in the Division One playoff game? Quasi Gordon Mall. Yeah. So. Well, it's also like, um, especially at this level in Division 4A, I've seen Vincent Benjamin run that, that slant from the wide. It's not coverable. Because of how quick he is and because of how, how big his catch radius is, it doesn't even take a particularly good throw. It, oh, my it's, God, it's your voice nearly, is cracking. I'm sick, man. I've been saying. <laughs> um, but it's... I told you when I first saw Vincent Benjamin in Division Six, it was me and Alex Holowak 
uh, talking and he was scorekeeping. And Alex Hollock turned to me and said, that's a Division One caliber player. And I've said it from day one. He's that kind of good. And so, yeah, in Division 4A, if you run to slant, unless you're ready for it, unless you have a plan specifically to take it, take it away, he's gonna he's gonna get five to seven yards easy. And if someone is completely out of position or if someone uh, blows an assignment, he's he's gonna take it upfield, and it's gonna be it's not gonna be stoppable. All right, blackouts, small giants, um, both teams are, are peaking at the right time, peas. Uh, mm-hmm. Blackouts, I thought, really came up big against KHP Raw. And Small Giants have been playing with house money, I guess, with the way they've been winning uh, with those close margin of victories here. Um, I look at the quarterback battle with Adam Sinagra and Justin Lerner, two differing styles, the more traditional and Sinagra, Lerner, the more uh, ab-lib at times here. Uh, could it very but well so in FPF? What's because you say you said that that's more prototypical, but what's more prototypical in FPF? I feel like. Justin Lerner is the more prototypical FPF quarterback, right? Well, I'm saying there's from, more from of Justin Lerner than there is on Snagres. I'm saying from a football context, right? Yeah. That Snagres are more of a traditional, ta- I mean, from a tackle angle. But I look at the quarterback. It's just, it's just funny because, like, at one point, it reminds me of, uh, of back in the day, maybe like even, even up to three, four years ago, they kept saying pro style offenses in, in college. And it's like pro style offenses look like college office, offenses now, you know, like. Yeah, the game was no longer you know two, two running backs in the backfield or two tight ends, and, and so like I kind of feel as we often talk about sort of uh, the prototypical passers, but the, the prototypical passers in FPF have become guys like Justin Lerner that the who run FPF style playbooks, right? Playbooks that work specifically in this division, and, and that's his strength. His strength is a he's an absolute freak of an athlete, uh, even though he he may not look the part the same way Sanagra does, but his play calling oh, is does not look like an one athlete, of an FPF veteran. Sorry? Snagger does not look like an athlete. If you saw Snagger, well, well, not athlete, but I mean athlete in terms of like when you think of what a quarterback looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think Adam Snagger. You don't You don't think Justin Lerner, right? Yeah. So, um, but I, I think Lerner's got to play a clean game, though. You know, because you go back to the Bruins game where he had that crucial INT that could have cost him the game. Thankfully, it did not cost him. But he's got to play a clean game because that blackout defense – um, the key of why they look better now is the, is the line of communication from the rusher to the back line of their defense, all in unison and how they played. And they really force those third and fourth downs. Like it's, it's more common that you'll see a third or fourth down against uh, blackouts than any other team. And I just think that they could force a turnover too if Lerner does not have a clean game. But also I'll be curious to know, from a small Giants perspective, how healthy will they be? Because they are banged up. He's, uh, there's a lot of guys that have had some lower body issues all throughout the course of the playoffs. So they're not playing with a full deck of health. And you wonder that could be a factor in this matchup now in the critical matchup going towards the final. Definitely. I mean, the thing that small Giants uh, have going for them typically is, is the depth of the roster and how well um, they play with quarterback Justin Lerner. Um, so it's definitely going to be an issue if they don't have all their pieces. Um, I wonder, though, they beat top season last round. Do you think um, top season would have been a tougher matchup for specifically for blackouts? No, think I, I, I think the small giants have the horsepower, the bandwidth to, to go play. Even play. with the injuries? Yeah, because, you know, they've, they've withstood the storm, right? They I mean, if. Again, I'm not saying that that's the reason why they'll lose, but 
they got this far piece. I mean, they could have lost. They could have they could have folded up and said, okay, bleep it, we're done. We're, we're not gonna go any further. But here they are, right? And and we know that the, the familiar cast of characters, whether it's the Wrangler, Darren Medizian, uh Lerner, of course, uh the many many Meadows boys. By the way, Nikki Many Meadows, I told us to his brother, Johnny. Nikki is the Greek version of Ray Maluga with his new hairstyle that he has. Right. I think he look uh, take him out, man. That hair, man, it's it looks like Ray Maluga for sure. But he he's a guy to watch out for. You know, can 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 he can he exploit that blackout defense? You know, and blackouts have some pretty good coverage guys on that defense. So can he win his one on one battles that he'll have to face outdoors on Loyola? Yeah. Um, look, I think um, I think the fact that it's outdoors also favors blackouts. Um, the the injuries favor blackouts, but we're not making our picks just yet, so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, we'll see what what you know when we get to the pick segment. What we sure. think of that? Mongoose take over. I I like this matchup. I know Mongoose has has peaked. And with I know the six and four record is not reflective of their display on the football field, but I think this game is a lot closer than what many people might think it could be in fear for Mongoose as being the favorites in this matchup. And you know, as stupid as it sounds, uh, it's sort of like a home game for for takeover because they have played literally like their youth on that football field at Leola. And Will Power just has this surge in him, like that surge in power. Uh, to really carry this takeover team, takeover team to the finals, and I, I think it's it's a it's going to be a, a great intellectual battle of what Alex Gaudet and these guys do on offense for Mongoose against a very good and focused defensive takeover. If they can checkmate each other from that angle, Mongoose are infuriating. Um, I know you hate talk, Like no, I I actually don't. I, there's there's few teams I have. More respect for, but again, they they they, they stole the championship from me, um, and they won one for Ray Starwar though. Uh, well, no, I, I believe that one didn't count uh, because I think I think if they would have uh, if they would have given Ray Starwar credit, they would have lost the game um, <laughs> by forfeit. I think that's how that's what we decided. Um, but no, it's it's the, the thing with 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 mongoose is they're just so. Um, intelligent, and it it makes it makes me wonder how they're going to head into this game because takeover did beat them thirty nine eighteen right, and yeah. if I can draw from personal experience, I remember we had a really good feeling heading into the finals because we had beaten Mongoose during the regular season, and I said, well guys, we know what to expect, they know what to expect, we're a better team, it's fine, except no. They knew what to expect, and we didn't right. because there was so much better at game planning, and Alex Godet was so much better at executing than we were. And that's my worry for takeover: is if they come into this game thinking it's the same mongoose team they faced weeks ago, and I'm not even talking about, um, you know, playing at a certain caliber during the season and playing at another caliber in the off season. Um, I mean specifically, uh, specifically that they will come into this game and look. Like a different team than you've seen. I, I wonder if Alex Gaudet has an, uh, an error, like a mistake in him, because he's he's near. Yeah, he's, but it's, he's not, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's it's 
they're going to create mistakes. They're going to give takeover looks they haven't seen. They're going to they're going to call plays on offense they've never seen, um, or, or aren't expecting from uh, Mongoose specifically. Yeah, it's, they're infuriating. If they've played you before, it's the worst thing ever. It's it's why it's why Chris Rive of Stoics did not want to play Mongoose. And yeah, he, he despised that matchup. But that, as and, 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 and that's what happened. It, it went exactly as 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 Chris Vive, who expected this coming into the game, co- coming yeah. into their game, expected to see a different mongoose, got it, and still couldn't adapt. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, he, he said he missed on plays. Like he goes, if we hit those two, three missed plays, maybe it's different. But but that's how. That's, 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 that's the that's game. The that's mongoose's of, game. That's it. You you have to have that. You have to have that high level of execution. You know, if you want to win big, you got to play big, and they didn't play big that time. But gonna, I'll give you one name here. Errors, they're going to force errors, and they're going to play efficiently. Exactly. Maybe maybe a guy like Alessandro Acciato will be the guy to watch out for. Uh, or Julian Wilson, bit, I think. Julian Wilson, too, is a guy that we don't talk a ton about because yeah. he tends to be the third or fourth piece in a lot of teams, but he's really good. He's And um, he can be the, the under-the-radar ra- under type of guy for them for that game. Yeah. Uh, 4B, yeah. we got the U, Le Verge Fall, Beer Belly Brigade, and Vultures. Before we get to the two matchups here, Beer Belly Brigade should be thanking the football gods because Voodoo had them dead to rights. And on the last play of regulation, um, with them down by one, they went for the one-point convert as opposed to the two-point convert, and they hit it. But I'll say this, though, PZ. Perhaps, and I think the left foot of the, of the game-time extra point was out of bounds for Beer Belly Brigade, but it was not called like that. They went to overtime. They went 34-32. So then they're now in the finals here. But I like these final four matchups. I like these four matchups, these two matchups with these four teams. The U, the Velsh Full, that's going to be fun to watch because I want to see if the Velsh Full can rattle Evan Frank in this very relaxed and focused U offense. What I like about it is the U are kind of KGP-ish in that you just look up at the end of the season, and regardless of how they played, they find themselves in the finals, or or in or in you know the semifinals in this case. Uh, and they're going up against Leverschval. Now, the interesting thing about Leverschval is they have the personnel to stop the U, uh, especially defensively. Um, they've they've kind of formed their identity as the season went on. They're they're a different team from 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 season start to now. We yeah. saw it uh, last week against the Les Martignards. Um Leverschval were just, uh, you know, good across the board. They, they went with Thomas Charles Paradis at quarterback instead of Nassim Wadi. Um, and, you know, it, it was an interesting decision, but it, it paid off. It worked. It, it worked, absolutely. And uh, they got three interceptions. Nassim Wadi, by the way, he's not the same kind of defender that uh, Vincent Marissette or uh, or uh, Guillaume Bellin is, but he's a kind of guy who is a really good athlete and uh, doesn't necessarily, it's not like he doesn't make mistakes in coverage because he does, but he can make up for them with his athleticism. And sometimes you're making a throw that you think is open and all of a sudden he, he comes crashing across the middle <laughs> like a, like the, the, the boulder at the end of Indiana Jones and, and he's there and he's making a huge play, you know? Uh, <laughs> we get a message from Eagle as we're doing this podcast. Uh, do you read his message there? No, 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 no. Just keep on track. All right, I just want to make sure because I, 
wants to read the message, Eagle, we'll read the message. No problem. Just keep going, <laughs> Mo. Why are you so distracted? I know, I know. <laughs> um, you know, like you mentioned the two guys, Guillaume Bilal and Vince Morissette. Um, very smart, high IQ football players, piece. And I think for Evan Frank, will he dare to test those guys out given they sort of have, not sort of a big part, they have the range to to make a play on the football in the air. And that's going to be fascinating to see how he approaches that angle on offense and what he does. Or will he try to go with the Chinese torture approach of the water drip where he's going to try and milk the clock and really squeeze the plays and make sure if that... If I'm Evan Frank, if I'm Evan Frank, I take out the mental telestrator and I draw a circle around Guillaume Bena and I don't throw anywhere near that at any point during the game. Or you point him out, you know? That's the <coughs> mic right there. That's the mic right there. Please. After after about the third play play against the Vershfall, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Whoever that guy is, the ball's not going there. Um, of course. He's, he's really, really, really good. Um, I think that's really key. Um, and Julien Fizet's there. He avoided him and still threw three interceptions. Because, again, it's, it's a really good group of athletes – um, so we saw last week how, how that paid off for them. Um, on the other side, Beer Belly Brigade and Vultures, not surprising in that Beer Belly Brigade was so good all season long. I know, Mo, they, they come in with the context of kind of uh, uh, winning a close, closer game than they would have liked. Um, on the other side, the Vultures had that kind of game. Iggy messaged me after their, their win over Hunting Martin. He said, yeah, Ben McMahon was just on. There's, we couldn't do anything. Every throw he made was perfect, and he's going to do that sometimes. You know, He's going to have these games where uh, he has such a good um, rapport and timing and chemistry with his, with his, uh, with his receivers that um, I'm, I'm curious to see if there's a way the Beer Belly Brigade can handle that. Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating with the quarterback play with both those teams because they, they both have quarterbacks that love to use the legs and you know, the ingenuity with those two is at his best. But I think it's going to be the the fourth receivers on those rosters that will have to be the big factors in this matchup. Because I think both are prolific on offense that they can hit the long ball or make a big play or convert on, on a third down for a first down here. But it might be that supporting cast guy that no one talks about uh, that can come up big in this matchup. And I, I think in, in hindsight, piece, this could, if, if we take away the other two teams on the other side of the bracket, this could definitely be a finals quality like performance from both these teams that we'll have on Tuesday night. So I disagree about what the key is. I think specifically for Beer Belly Brigade, um, Xavier Chan Khan has been no relation um, to Mo Khan. <laughs> no, not of a different Khan family. Yes. Um, the um, he's been a very effective rusher all season, but I think against Ben McMahon. The thing that works best is if you have someone who's physically gifted and tall who can sort of take away the middle of the field, force Benny to roll, and have sort of a, a collapsing defense where you have a rover sort of collapse to the, to, the strong, to the strong side and force Ben McMahon to throw across the field. Um, that's, but that's easier said than done, right? Because Ben McMahon is, A, a really good athlete, and B, um, you need to have sort of a unicorn to be able to rush that way against them, you know? Yeah, and he's um, a unicorn skill set, right? Because you see the, the output he's done. He is 
average almost 10 yards per carry during the regular season. Yeah. And that's the first down. He hasn't, he hasn't even been running as much as he usually does. He's actually no. been doing a lot of the work from the pocket. But again, if you can if you can get him on the move, you're going to have to deal with the fact he's going to run a little bit. But you can't just have him sit in the pocket and deliver perfect passes. To me, right. if you have the archetype of someone like Isaiah Lard, obviously not Isaiah himself, but um, someone who's got that specific kind of skill set. Not a lot of teams have it. Um, I'm trying to remember who was on the team. Uh, I'm hoping I got it right. I think Felix Foyer and, and Dave Eno were the two guys who typically play in the flats who are ridiculously tall and tough to throw over. Right. Um, I think that if one of them can rush and take away uh, sort of that throwing lane from Ben McMahon and then have someone collapse the defense to that side, I think that's really going to be key. Uh, that, that, that to me is the way to, to face ben, uh, ben McMahon. The thing I'm describing, however, Mo, is you need a, a rusher like Isaiah Allard, right? Which is, there's like, what, four or five in the league of that prototype? Not right? many so, growing on trees. Not many. There's like not that. that many, right? So who are trees, basically, who are very mobile trees. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that would be the key for them. And and I think the key the key to beating Vultures as well as on offense, you need to put up a lot of points. Um, and what what they need to do from, from Vultures is is to, to mix up their looks they had a reputation prior to this season of, of um, going with the same defense throughout yeah. the game and, and not making adjustments. Kevin Donnett made a lot of adjustments uh, when he faced me this season. I saw another game of theirs where uh, I saw him call uh, a couple different defenses. I was like, okay, they're, they're more comfortable with players doing things in different roles. Um, I saw, for example, uh, Gary McMahon playing outside in corner lock. That's not something they would – they would try and put him in the flats and – and teams would abuse the fact that they had an older player playing in, in, in that position. It's like when, when teams see me on defense, they immediately know he's playing the flats, right? So Stay away um, from him. Uh, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. But, yeah, to see to see them not hide Gary McMahon to me was like, okay, th- this team has a new level of trust. And yeah. that's, that's kind of got them to where they are. On to 5A, and we have our final four, the Reet, Goofy Goobers, Ravens, and Balls Deep. And they'll have their finals on Saturday at 3 p.m. Um, you know, I was telling I saw, you, Goofy Goobers are good, man. Yeah, but you, you know what? I, I saw a couple of the Reek guys at, at, at a football practice on on Monday in Laval. Mm-hmm. They're confident piece. Like they they, they believe. I'm not saying that, I'm not going to quote the director, but the, the sense I'm getting from them is that they believe their name should be on that plaque before the game is over on Saturday. Like they're, they're they 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 think they're going to the finals. Like this is an automatic given, and that they believe that we think that they're false kings. I said, I said, I mean, whoa, 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 I never I never called you guys false kings, and neither peasy. So no, don't no, put words in my mouth. So yeah. like, do teams do that? Like where they they uh, they need us? They they need to use us as poster material because they can't get it up otherwise. We're we're like we're we're their Viagra. <laughs> because we never sort of negative. We're like, yeah, reach really good. They should win the championship. They're the best team in the division. <laughs> oh, they hate us. Yeah, all right. You know, they they are are sort of like because they go, yeah, you guys think we're false kids. Go, whoa, you guys watch the podcast? Like, uh, no, clearly not. Or or on mute. <laughs> yeah, they just do Spotify on mute. <laughs> but but, thanks, you, for, but thanks for the listen. Thanks for the download. Yeah. But, but you know, you're right, though. Goofy Goobers, like, I called them out thinking that they weren't a good team, but they, they have proven myself wrong and that they can definitely compete with Reed. And 
you know, Elastic Reed's going to come in there with an arrogance that, hey, we're going to beat them easy. But you this just is not said, oh, you can't, you can't say they're not going to come in with arrogance after you said they think their neighbor should be on the championship plaque. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, like, you know what? I apologize. <laughs> they, they should come with that arrogance and say they're going to, it's going to be an easy win. But, but they got to realize that Goofy Goobers is going to give them a, a good run for the money, even though the Reed did beat them by, by 28 points, whatever it was, uh, way back in week 11. But They're a lot better now than I think. Like it's taking some time for Kevin Smuda to coach up the defense because um, it's hard. It's hard when they're not your guys, right? To to get them to play at the level you require. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's that's to me going to be key uh, in terms of how he's adapted the team. And it's they have the athletes to to nullify Max Bira. Uh, on offense, so if there's, if they, if Russell Schwartz can find secondary offense, he's going to need it. But likewise, I can see the reach not taking Max Beer seriously, and then him ending the game with a couple of interceptions on on uh, on his side of the ball. You know? Yeah, but how, how do you how do you stop Scaranga? Like, I don't know what you can do. And you got Dawson Pierre, and then they just have all these bullets that if one doesn't work, well, we got another bullet that can we can fire off and and pierce your team. Yeah, I mean, on, on paper, this game's over. The, the Reed have the better roster. Um, there's a little bit of an experience on their team, but um, I thought Las Bandidos would have been a tough matchup for them, and, and it was for parts of the game. Um, and then, you know, in the end, Los Bandidos unable to, to complete the comeback. Yeah. And Sino Sparana, you know, to your point, Mo, he was 14-17, to 17, but he did throw two interceptions. He did throw two interceptions. And, and um, can Goobers convert that for points, right? If that were to happen again, that's 12 points in their hand. If that were to be the case. Uh, well, I actually points. think I actually think Los Bandidos have a better de- overall defense than Goofy Goobers, right? Because yeah. Goofy Goobers, it's it's Kevin Smuda and, and it's Max Pira. And yes, those two on a defense is absolutely nasty. But Los Bandidos have so much they can throw at you. And, and, and you know, it was Julian Wilson we talked about in the previous division. And Carl Janel. Carl Janel, he's, he's a clone of Julian Wilson. He's a yeah. guy who's always the third or fourth guy on a team who, who, who makes a difference but doesn't have the accolades of the top-end talent on the team. Um, you know, and that's not even to mention Loke Savoie Seguin and Vincent Benjamin. And um, he was still 14 to 17, given all that. And we know that Goofy Goobers don't have quite that, right? Is, are you doing like a Teen Wolf thing, Mokan? No, 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 no. I'm just looking. I'm just wanting to see a quick stat for for. Well, like, I'm for looking this. at your hair. Like you, 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 you look like. Um, yeah, my hair is people. going all over the place today. I was outdoors in the wind, man. The wind took my hair out today, man. I'm not looking good today. You know, that's different product, wild. and this is what happens. You like. You, speaking of product, what do you use? Like vanilla ice special? I, I don't get it. No, man. This today's uh, Monday, man. Monday's <laughs> whatever, man. You know. Apparently. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Make sure you get for next weekend, though. Yeah, we need a hair and makeup booth at the finals, apparently. No, yeah. I'll be good. No, no, my hair will be. You know, like it'll be announced this week what I'm doing, but I, I will be looking, you know, fine for Sunday. Yeah, didn't you just get a haircut recently? I did two and a half weeks ago, but it's already oh, grown it's in. It's been that so. long. Okay, yeah, you got to go again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Especially well, I'm going. I'm going. Well, you know what, man? Like, it's gonna be tough because I got three weddings in a week, four week window. So my haircut is June 10th. Then we got our our little uh, shindig up in uh, up in Northeast Quebec. I got one candidate, so we'll figure it out the haircuts. Every Friday, that. man. 
Yeah, I'll figure it out, man. I'll figure it out. All right, uh, on to the next game here before we get to uh, Eagle and his uh, team. Uh, Ravens, balls deep. Balls deep did beat Ravens by one earlier this season. Um, they are familiar with each other, Pease. We know that very well. Um, I don't know where balls deep can exploit the Ravens if there's any weaknesses on that Ravens team. Ravens have um, some inherent weakness in terms of the way they call their defense. If you know where it is, it's exploitable. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that said, it takes you slowing down the game and limiting possessions where you're just more uh, efficient than they are. Um, I thought it was something that after the finals where, where we beat them in fall – they would adjust when I saw them play this season. They're they're still good. They're still overwhelmingly talented. Um, and to me, they're they're definitely the favorite heading into this game. But if you know what to look for, there's a way you can protect the ball and also keep the ball out of Joel Hill's hands. Um, and that's that's the key to beating them uh, from an offensive perspective. From a defensive perspective, we've said before, if Joel Hill has a specific weakness. Um, it's resetting his feet to make his second and third read. So if you can um, disrupt the first read and your rusher can apply pressure to Joel Hull um, before he can set his feet to make the second to, to make the third, second and third read, because he throws so hard, any inaccuracy is exacerbated as the receivers won't have the ability to make the play. Uh, I would imagine Brendan Birch comes in as the rusher. Um, He's been okay. He hasn't been one of the top-tier rushers in the division. I worry that that weakness is going to play into Ravens' hands, unfortunately. yeah, That is I, my full breakdown of that game. Yeah, I, th- I think Ravens are definitely going to be the favorites in this football game. Um, you know, balls deep were a laughingstock last season for what they couldn't do, and they were just a terrible football team. And it's been a redemption year for them for what they were, for how far they've come. But I just I curious <laughs> if maybe they've they might run out of, you know, gas or they've reached the last stop on their, on their train ride right now. And I just think that the wealth of experience that the Ravens have, but, you know, we, we talk about the U, we talk about teams like KGP and how they've gone deep and if not to multiple finals and one championships in a row, but the Ravens now have gone into playoffs very deep in years past. I think that could be the factor in why they do win this football game and, and punch their ticket to their finals on the weekend because of that wealth of experience that they have with who they have as a core to work with on that yeah. roster. And Ravens Ravens also uh, were missing Matthew Hill, flag Jesus, last time they played. And that, that makes right. a difference, right? If he, I expect him to be there. He's one of the team's best players. He's, you know, Div 2, Div 1 caliber players. So obviously, if he's not there, that changes what Ravens look like. And they got off to such a slow start and actually outscored balls deep in the second half. Right. Um, and and they could have used Matthew Hill's big body on the on the converts, right? Uh, both defensively and offensively. On to five B, and this is the Eagle uh, division, and maybe Eagle will be in the finals. Who's Eagle to lose, right? That's what we decided. Well, it's it's a Saturday four p.m., so it's not too bad of of collateral damage because it's not like the first or middle game, and it's one game, so it's not too too bad. But lockdown, they they pull through. Speakeasy pulls through. How surprised are you that the Warriors? Up and AF1, who may thought, including myself and you, that they thought we thought they were the favorites to win this division. We didn't think they were the favorites. They were the favorites. Yeah. Um, they 
the thing is, Simo Blay made a mistake, um, and it cost him. He threw the interception uh, to Mitch Fergenbaum. Um, Matthew Lutner almost got got his hands on one as well. Uh, Fergenbaum was able to take his back to the house, and <clears throat> that's the thing is, Simo Blay actually outscored outscored uh, the Warriors' offense, but you know the the additional score on defense was the difference. Um, we did say last week that Warriors were one of the few teams that could give Air Force One a tough time because of the speed and because of the uh, the, the the overall talent. And uh, what's interesting is I don't see um, Ziegler on the roster for them in this game. Yeah, Ziegler so, wasn't even there. Yeah, so if that's the case, then that's even more impressive to see to yeah, see what absolutely. they've achieved. I mean, but, but like, like, you know, we, don't, we know Rabinovich is good. We know Lutner is good as well. So it, they're not a team devoid of talent. It just – is Mitch Frugenbaum even on defense if, um, if Benji Ziegler is there, right? Um, yeah, he, he – you know, He's the one who makes the play of, against the pick six. He kind of Baker Mayfield his way through from two years ago, right? Like, he, not saying that, you know, he had to throw for 300 yards here, but 103 yards, three touchdowns, it's good enough to win, and the, and the defense played well enough to win that football game. And – and now they're in the final four. And that brings up to the question of them playing the trap stars. And funny enough, I was talking to some of the trap star guys. Um, and we we're saying, like, you know, what teams to watch out for. We we're saying AF1 is a team to watch out for. And, and they said, hey, if we get to that point where we do play F1, it's going to be tough. I wonder how elated they are that they're not playing a Mitch Fergenbaum roster than Air Force One that they would have faced had that been the case. Um, well, we can ask. We can you know what you know about lockdown in a potential matchup? No, I'm talking about the the, the Warriors against um Trap Stars. Trap Stars. I'm sorry, you, you cut you cut on my end. Well, sorry about that. I wasn't oh, sure no worries. what the question was. Um I was confused because I was like, wait a second, that's not the game. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah that, I, you know, they avoid playing AF one, right? Trap stars. And now they get the Trap Warriors. Stars are a team we didn't um we didn't give oh, sorry, no, Trap Stars are a team that we 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 like coming in. Um Cooper Young was the question mark, right? And he played incredibly well all season long. Yeah. Um, he outdueled uh, two Pfizer's and uh, Fultzhaf Johnson. Um, Danny McPhee not able to keep up. And Cooper Young was ostensibly perfect, having thrown six touchdowns and only eight incompletions. It's a great game. Uh, Vincent Rizzullo is a guy we start talking about later in the season. He's he's made his uh, imprint on the game. Um and you expect more of the same. You you know, you know Cooper Young's going to spread the ball around. Um, we saw in this game, uh, David Giroux, Ryan Garber, Kyle Oberfeld, uh, Josh Nalmer, and, and Rizulu all having uh, more than three targets in the game. Uh, that that makes a team very difficult to defend. I think uh, Trap Stars will um, use that to their advantage. Right. Um, but I think you know I think Warriors. Kind of do the same thing, right? Where Mitch Fergenbaum has such comfort with all of his players that um, he can go to anybody at any point. So I'm cur- I'm curious to see who does what schematically to upset the others. And if you're the Warriors and the Trap Stars have come in with the the way their their offense has been so efficient and Cooper Young only throwing four interceptions all season long, Mo, what do you do to try and get them to to make mistakes? Yeah, it's it's gonna be fascinating because you know I, I didn't get to score many uh, to see trap stars in person as much as I wanted to this past season, but in terms of of their depth of what they have, I mean, you talk about the fact that look, Ryan Garber's had a monster year. 
You talk about uh, Josh Neighbors had a very good year. Uh, this is again, we talk about the, the chemistry, whether it's Kyle Oberfeld, the best here in, in FPF right now. These guys have grown up with each other. They know each other well enough to really mend together, mesh well together, that there's no hiccups that, hey, we can, we can if we don't do it with one, one guy or, one, or the other guy, person three, four, or five will step up to the plate. But I'll be curious to see how this trap star defense plays uh, against this Warriors team that, you know, watched them play way back in week one and even a couple of times during the regular season. Um, they had some hiccups with their offense. So can, can they force a turnover – Against the Warriors, that can go for points for them, because if Juan, they Chapter, do that, Chapter has scored has scored thirty or more points uh, four times a season. Right, and the thing is, you have to attack the pressure points of this Warrior team, right? Which is, is I'm not saying Mitch Ferguson is the weakness, but he's also a strength. But if you get him to make some unforced errors of of ints for points, it just puts more pressure on that team in the Warriors. That oh my god we're now down by a score or down by two scores, that might force them to even more erratic play, which can go fall into the hands of the traps for what they want to do in defense. Agreed. So we'll see what happens there. All right, the last game piece uh, in a Volzer homie uh, Eagle, as yeah. it is his lockdown uh, taking on the Speakeasy, which Please is the former former Mo. Give them the some speakeasy. respect. Uh, which is the former Trap Stars team. So we could have two Trap Stars in the finals on Saturday if Trap Stars, the original, beat the lockdown against the new Trap Stars. I um, I think lockdown's got such a nice draw to the finals so far. It's, I don't know. I don't know who would have been a better, like a tougher matchup for them. I just feel like they're not, like, Cookers are not a team that that particularly scared them. Would Red Dragons have been a better matchup, potentially? No, no, um, no. They would, they would have wrecked Red Dragons. And then, and then, but I mean, like, so, I mean, they wreck Cookers. I mean, so. But Cookers barely, though. PZ, uh, PZ, Eagle can attest to it. The Cookers gave them a couple of uh, a couple of scares in the game. Really? Really, Eagle? Ask Eagle. If I'm being honest, they didn't give us a scare. It's just our offense was a little bit flatlined in the first half. That's about it. Yeah, scared, though. I think, I think also I think, my uh, my second defensive captain wasn't there, and my best receiver Buck, was playing injured. Wait, 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 you have uh, a second defensive captain? I mean, when I'm not there, so yes. But okay. how is that relevant? You were there. Yeah, I know, but I, I, there's a possibility I wasn't. Remember the flights? Okay. I mean, okay, whatever. It's a weird thing to say. So I, what you're saying is Buccaneer captain. gave you gave you uh, more scare than Cookers did. Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, <laughs> oh, okay, and so speak, so, P, and speak so easy and speak easy and Ben. Like, there's something about Ben that I think could have been uh, annoying for lockdown because they're, they're pretty good athletes and they probably would manned up a lot um, and 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 put a lot of pressure on on Buccaneer to be patient. Yeah. Um, where now they they face a team where I think again they have a lot of advantages over over uh, speak easy uh, lockdowns. Offense uh, has a lot of different options. Um, we've seen we've seen all season long. Uh, Reese Morgan Tracy and 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 John Mal- Michael and, and Fancy, uh, sorry, and Fancy, uh being sort of the the new breath of life for this team. But then the reliable hands of Max Newcastle and Stephen Aparico, right? So you have comfort, and they added an explosive element that they've been missing for seasons. Uh, it's the best version of lockdown playing. Playing in a division that they should have been better at for a long time. So, Eagle, I, I have a question. I for will. You. I will mention something specifically. How about healthy this is your game. team? 
Well, how hyped uh, are they? We're very healthy, 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 healthy. Healthy. Uh, we'll be all right. Um, there's a there's a situation happening right now where Buccaneer they're inducing the birth of their third child. So let's hope that happens between now and tomorrow. <laughs> third child sounds terrifying. Oh man! So Eagle will be uh, a producer at the Rose Show, not a player producer on the weekend. Who throws if he's not there? Uh, and Fonty. Is he good? Yes. So is what? He, what is it? Is he good for real, or is it like your quarterback situation in fall? No, no, he's good. All right. Can you can you guys like like this on the show? I I saw Chaps does a few weeks ago. Um, good defense, solid offense. Well, Mo, that was, was going to be my point here. I if we look back, lockdown played speakeasy. I want to say week three or four in the season, yeah. and we ended up winning that game. That game was an amalgamation of rosters on both sides. Speakeasy was missing a bunch of players. Lockdown was missing a bunch of players. Uh, and we basically just kind of Frankenstein both of our rosters together. So I don't look at that matchup and get anything out of it. Or, you know, did we learn anything? Not particularly. Um, so this game but are you more like a new game. Nervous or Eagle if you have to go with quarterback B if uh, Buccaneers not available? Uh, next man up. Okay, Belichick. Thanks. Doesn't Thanks. mean anything. Thanks. It's not an answer to the question. It's like, what's your favorite color? And you said Pepsi. I mean, okay, fine. You want me to answer the question? That's a stupid question, Mo. Why would I want QB two when I can have QB one? Yeah, but if QB one's not available, because then of, what do you want me to do? Then what do you want me to do? I take QB two. <laughs> well, look, man. Uh, are you confident that QB two can do the job? Then I, I'm not confident. Yeah, but I'd prefer QB one. Okay, she's not confident QB two. Hey, Peas, don't worry. You'll have Eagle in the producer's nest on Saturday then playing football on, on, Thank on God. 4 p.m. Um, yeah, so I, who, I will ask you a more relevant question, Eagle. Um, like you said, it was an amalgamation for, for both rosters. Which team do you think uh, gets hurt more by not having sort of additional information about the other team? Is it you or is it Speakeasy? Uh, you can't see me. I'm thinking. Yeah, I can see I, how he's thinking too. I gathered by the silence. Yeah, like he's on the phone, and then we ask him a question. He's like, "Oh crap, let me ask this question here." Probably us is hurt more, just because I think we're a little. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know the guys, but a lot of my planning is cerebral. Yeah, like the whole mm-hmm. chess match. So the more I know, the more I can prepare. So now it's more like look at old games, see trends, that type of stuff, versus if we had known exactly what their system was, there's something we could right. work around it. Right. So they now we the know. Same thing, so who knows? Now we know who we're gonna pick during the next segment, which is exactly, called... which is now time for games of the week. Watch the games of the day because it's tomorrow and it's not for the week. I mean, I'm gonna post this right after we record it, so people are I gonna know. get it right now. Okay, here we go. Uh, wait, I gotta get the music first, Mo. Come on, man. Well, we're trying to speed this process up here, man. Are we though? Because I mean, you said you wanted to do it in an hour, and we're already at an hour twenty. I mean, this is this is like an Iggy show right here. The equivalent of Iggy show. That's okay though. So we're gonna do this a little bit differently than we normally do. Instead of going division by division, I'm just opening up the calendar, and we're gonna go through the games top to bottom for May twenty fourth. We're starting with Division 4B, the U versus Les Versfolles. U. Um, the U. 
close though. All right. Then yeah. Division 4A, Blackouts versus Small Giants. Blackouts. I'm going to go Blackouts in a close, very close one. And we have Division 1 and 2, specifically Division 1, All-Stars versus Gryffindor. Oof. I'm going to go All-Stars, but I think this one will be close. Yeah, All-Stars in a controversy. All right, we're going to go to the 8 o'clock games. Division 4B, Beer Belly Brigade versus Vultures. Vultures. You know what? Give me a triple B. Division 4A, Mongoose versus Takeover. Takeover. Mongoose, the jerks. And we have Division 1, Flagmolsac versus Braves. Braves. Give me Flagmolsac. Repeat. Let's do it. All right. 9 o'clock games. Division 5A, The Reet versus Goofy Goobers. Reet. The Reet. Division 5B, Lockdown versus Le Speak Easy. Lockdown. Speak Easy. And you just want to put It's fine. Division 5B, Trap Stars versus Warriors. Trap Stars. Trap Stars. And the person who drew the shortest stick of them all, the 10 o'clock game, we have Division 5A, Ravens versus Balls Deep. Ravens. Ravens as well. And that's going to be our games of the week. Um, quick update here just for everyone else. It's kind of like a wrap-up. Spring registration closes tomorrow, um, so definitely take care of that. Uh, FPF Junior registration, by the way, is open, so if you have kids that want to play, let us know for that too. It's a new format this year uh, where instead of doing more game-focused, it's a lot more practice, training, drills, concepts uh, at the start, and then later on in the season, we actually do the game structure um, to really apply those skills. So all the details available on the website. Feel free to check that out over there. Also, Twitter 2022 All-Star Game has been announced, so definitely check that out. Uh, see if your players, yourself, made the All-Star Team rosters. There's a breakdown of all the different components for it and the details about the game itself, so check out this article on our site. It's all over there. Was there anything else Iggy wanted us to mention specifically? Uh, I never knew. Yeah, he mentioned a whole bunch of things. I, I lost track after the All-Star thing. Um, that's it, but yeah, as I said before, winter registration, uh, uh, spring registration closes on Tuesday, and so please sign up uh, as that will begin uh, the following Sunday, June fifth, uh, for the spring season, which will be a two-month race than the traditional three months that we would always have for a, a season, whether it's winter, spring, or, or fall, for that matter. Uh, the other so, one was the free agent combine, which yes. is tomorrow? Question mark. Brought to you by Athlon. Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I want to get this right here because the All Star Game Mo is not this week; it's next week, and that's, that's brought right, to you by Athlon. The free agent yeah. uh, stuff. I, I'm trying to find the details of it. I think that's later this week. Question mark. Perhaps, maybe we'll find out. Like one way or another, we'll have it post up on the, on all the social media platforms for FPF. Brought to you okay. by Athlon or Athlon. Overlords at Athlon. Run your forty, show off your strength, and show us what you're made of as a superior athlete in your category. Athlon, proud sponsor. 
Are you, are you going to wrap up or are you just going to stare awkwardly? Alright, let's wrap it up now. Magic Wars, please. Uh, Marcus Smart Tyler Hero are out. Uh, good night, Boston Celtics. Are we one down? We'll find out. I think so. <laughs> I gotta I gotta run boys. Alright. So Thursday, right? Geeks. Eagle. Eagle.